Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Hello, Shannon. Dr. Hanson, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I did just get back. I have been having a great time with Brother E.J. Buckhart, Dr. Buckhart. We've uh, had some great programs these past couple weeks. How was your trip? My trip was excellent. Just uh, couldn't have been better. Great meetings, uh, good meetings, uh, including the uh, All Saints Cathedral and the Anglican Church, State Church, which was powerful. Met with the, the ambassador from uh, America to Kenya, the ambassador of Israel to Kenya, uh, the vice president, and uh, uh, other dignitaries like the mayor. So it was a very powerful meeting. Now, I have to ask you one question before we get started today. Which do you prefer right now? Do you prefer the nice, warm weather of uh, Africa and Hawaii or the cold of Seattle? Do you have to ask me that? <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, if Dr. Hanson's smart, he'll extend over there for about another two months. That's where I would be. <laughs> Come back. Uh, well, let, let me tell you, Sean, that did cross my mind. In fact, extending another six months. But uh, anyway, I'm here. Well, that shows your dedication and uh well, I tell you, I, I saw some of the pictures you posted, beautiful testimonies I'm sure you have from the road, and uh, we're excited to be here with you tonight. Welcome back. And, uh, well, thank you, sir. Everybody, welcome. We are here live today with World Ministries International. Today is Friday, February 2nd, 2024. Dr. Hanson, you want to open us in prayer, and the mic is yours. Father God, thank you for this day. We thank you, dear God, that we can serve you in this manner, that we have the freedom to serve you. We ask you to now bless tonight and uh, uh, this day and wherever people are tuning in from around the world. Shannon Davis, Omega Man Radio, bless them, dear God. A warning program, dear God. We just love and praise you. Now, let 2024 be our very best year to extend the kingdom of God. We'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to actually share a uh, program. It's actually two-part series, and uh, my uh, television radio editor, Vance, talked me into it. I haven't listened to it, but uh, it's from Share the Love Center Church in Kenya, East Africa, with Bishop John C.W. Nairobi, Kenya. Now, um, this is a powerful church. It's actually even a they have a television station and their facilities right there. And uh, first time I was there, but I'll tell you what, we had a, a great time, great worship, and great service. So let's listen to it right now. You may have your seat so that I can care to introduce appropriately and giving credit where credit is due. There are two verses I want you to point out to. God has graced us today and he has made me to be a student too. So today I will be caring to sit down and to do a lot of learning to the glory of God. You will understand. Hebrews 13 verse 1. He says, let brotherly love I keep teaching you the context of how to read the gospel. So what is the context of verse 1? What's the context? Stop being wowed. What's the concept? Huh? 
So the concept here is love. So it means if the chapter has 39 verses, if the chapter has 10 verses, the context, the foundation of that chapter is what? So that's the foundation. So there is no need of reading further down if you don't limit yourself to the structure of verse 1, which is what? Love. So the author of that scripture is emphasizing on the nature of love. So without love, my advice, do not read verse 2. You are not suitable to read the next verse. Because the foundation, the guidelines of that verse, I'm not teaching. I just want to explain and you see how it's connecting to the teacher. Let brotherly love continue. Now, he is not speaking to human beings. I know we like making the gospel cute and saying what the gospel is not saying. And meanwhile, I have taught you how to read the Bible over the years, right? I've shown you that the evangelist, you don't take this verse and go with it to a crusade ground to win a soul. No. This scripture is written for those that are already brothers. You must know when you are teaching what verses are for the church. Are you hearing me? Then what verses are for, for example, John 3.16 is one of the verses that you can teach in a crusade ground with the hope of recovering as many people as possible. Because the arrangement of that verse is in sync with people coming to know Jesus by salvation. Do you understand? For God so love, that love is for the world. The love that is talking about here, that word brother is saint. It is not human being. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have you read a scripture that says do good to others, especially those of the household of faith? So this one is that word brother there. You can remove it and write, let those that are in the household of faith continue in. Have you seen it? So are we in the household of faith? Now, if you're going to go this direction, the reason for this continuation, you're going to see it in verse 2. Go to verse 2. And this is my emphasis as I bring the choice servant. And then he says, For by thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Now I will need to explain this because that word angel there, I've had a lot of teaching on angel. And in our concept here, remember the, the first verse is brother. So the second verse is not talking about an angel with wings. Remember the context is brother. And that's why if you start teaching verse 2 without understanding, you will limit it to only beings in the spirit that have wings. That is not what it's saying. In order for you to understand verse 2, you must understand the meaning of the word angel. That word angel there is not spiritual beings. The original name for angel is the word messenger. It's not always reflecting to a being. Now, there are two types of messengers. You will notice Gabriel came as a what? A messenger, a spiritual messenger. And at the same time, you are physical messengers. That's the word angel. Either a spiritual messenger that came to you by the spirit or a physical messenger that came to you in the flesh with the aim of making Jesus known. He's still a messenger. Do you understand how to put the context? So when he says here, many of you have entertained strangers and aware so the person that is talking here is the natural man that you see that you take for granted. Because if an angel appears here, you cannot take him for granted. Because you will know that this is an angel. The problem is when a man appears as the current angel, the messenger of the word of God, you can just take him as a man because he's a normal being. And it is needful that the only way for us to know this 
the messengers of God is that we must first walk in love. Love becomes a TV that portrays the real image of every creature. So if we walk in love towards one another, that love will bring people that love the church, not to entertain the church, but to create capacity through which the church can know the hidden things of God. Hallelujah. I took that time to explain it. And because you are a church that is full of love, I expect that the angel that the Lord will use, either as he appears, there is a physical part, and then men of God move by spiritual angels. And when I say men of God, I'm not talking about those that preach. All of us are men, and we are all been born of God. Everyone here has an angel. Hallelujah. So don't make it look as if those that only preach are the ones. No, it's not true. It's not true. Angels are ministering spirits sent to men of God. No. Sent to all those that are heirs to the throne. And it's not only men of God that are heirs to the throne. All of you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you have a deployment of angels. Use them. So angels don't come to prove ranks. They come to prove purpose. So whether you are lead to in the church, whether you are a toilet cleaner, whether you are a bishop of bishops, it doesn't matter what is the purpose that will bring an angel your way. Is that making sense to you? A few years ago, I think it was two years if I'm not wrong, I was given an opportunity to minister in the U.S. via radio television. So I got to meet the great man of God then. And he didn't even know me, but in his heart, looking at his age, you can tell that he knows how to check what is of God. So the fact that he didn't even know me, and he still cared to put me on his station and his people in the U.S. to do a Zoom call, it was a blessing to me. And he gave me an opportunity to teach a couple, and I taught the people. And I bless the name of the Lord. So this is the deal. You want to know the deal, folks? <laughs> yeah, so this is the deal, man. The wife of the great man of God, man, we go way back. When I say that my toilet cleaner, she will confirm. We used to be in the same church many years before you were born. <laughs> I'm joking. Many years back, we used to be in the same church. And she used to be one of the people as a toilet cleaner. I don't know what they saw in me. I used to have one gray suit and I used to have nice long hair. But do you remember, sister? Yeah, it's cool, man. Ask her. They used to fall when they saw me. <laughs> Folks used to fall, man. I like law. But I thank God that um, Jehovah helped me. So once in a while, they would come and meet me after the service. And because I was a Bible guy, they would ask me a lot of questions. So the great woman of God was part of that arrangement. And I knew her to her home. Literally would go and visit her. And one day I remember I told her when she used to come to me, like many of you say, is it time to marry? I said, no. No, don't marry. At least she will give you the confidence. Those of you that have told you, wait, you have an expose. Is that a word? Can it be used there? You have an expose of what it means to wait on the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. So I told her, your husband is a pastor. Many years later, we meet here with a man of God that is a pastor to the nations. So what am I saying? If I've told you, wait. <laughs> if I've told you to wait, tell your neighbor, just wait. <laughs> I'm joking. And then next to him is a great, 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 great servant. I would like, first of all, before I bring the wife to say hello, normally 
Many people don't do it, but you know me. Me, I respect. Even if you come with a toilet cleaner, that toilet cleaner will speak to us. Because that's what I was in church. Two years. I used to clean toilets. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Today, I'm still cleaning the hearts of people that have garbage. So the garbage comes out by receiving Christ. I was shocked and I want the assistant to come and just say hello to you. And there's a question I want him to answer. Because you must learn a lot from this man. And uh, please, Eric, take that video and keep recording. Just take his phone. Keep recording. Yeah, just keep recording for him. So he can be in the video. All of us are going to be in the video. And even you, he's going to come to your face. and you... <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, he told me something. Dr. Hansen told me that he has been with him from 1998. Africa. Here, six months, you are blessed. If someone is with you for six months in Africa, you are blessed. And I've noticed something about, allow me to use this, the structure of the white land. There is a level of obedience that I've seen. Because that man to stay with him for 1998, I know some of you, even your parents had not met to marry. And I just want him to come and say hello to you. And for someone to be someone from 1998, is that a joke? Africa, learn something. Some of you, you come, you get a little anointing. If you anoint them in Africa, after six months, you're going to hear a ministry. Lekwekwe, international hub. You even wonder what is Lekwekwe. But I would just like him to come and say hello to you. Is that okay? With a stand innovation. I know he's the assistant with a stand innovation. You must give honor to whom honor is due. Can you celebrate him as he comes to share? Please welcome. Thank you, Bishop. God bless you. Bona way. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I am so humbled and honored. Unlike the bishop, I wasn't even a toilet cleaner in the church. I was lower. In 1998, I was a sinner. And by the grace of God, I was saved. I had demons cast out of me. I met Dr. Hansen. I knew nothing of the Bible. I had never been to church. I had never read the Bible. He took me in, cast out demons, healed me, discipled me, and built me up to be a man of God. Put me in Bible school, got my doctorate degree in theology, and here I am today with all of you. So praise God. I'm just thankful for this opportunity to serve God. And, you know, when he saved me, his forgiveness, his love, his grace was overwhelming. I knew that there was nothing that I could do to match the eternal life that he had given me. So I have endeavored myself to serve him the best that I can and to try to bring glory to God in any way possible. I spent the first two years of my new born-again life reading the Bible. I read it eight times in two years. And I've been on many adventures with Dr. Hansen all over the world. I've been to many nations. I got called to Kenya in 1998. I moved to Nairobi in 2006. We came here for one year, my wife and my four children. And we love Kenya so much that we've been here ever since. 17 years 
I've been a Kenyan. So God bless you. I want to thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Oh, I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Yes. How long have you been with the man of God? So I have been with him for 25 years, 26 years. And I was a Buddhist at that time. A bu- no, you know, you need to be careful because Buddha is, is close to father. Buddha. So you need to Buddha. explain what is there, Buddha. Yeah. So are you talking about Buddha, father, or Buddhist? Buddhist. I went to a Buddhist church when I was growing up. Ah. So praise God for that. So knowing that you're a man of God, what keeps you serving a man of God, serving a man of God for 25 years? Well, I've learned that one of the most important principles is to be faithful to the God-given apostolic leadership that God has put in your life. And if you can be faithful in the little things, God will give you greater things. But how could you give you greater things if you cannot even be faithful to the man of God that God has put in your life? That's why I'm still with Dr. Henson. Wow. Lastly, what is that one thing that you have learned from your journey? of seeing him on a daily basis, on a, or a weekly basis, what is that thing that you can pick from him that you can say it has impacted you? Yeah. For me, it was knowing a true man of God that had dedicated his life to Jesus. When I look at people to admire, to look up to, to mentor, I know that Dr. Hansen, for me, is a righteous, holy man. With all his heart, he loved Jesus. And so as he seeks to follow him I also seek to follow Jesus through his example Blessed be the name. thank you very much sir. praise God we are looking Asante for sana. Asante sana. <laughs> thank you can you celebrate him please celebrate him please celebrate him and so because I've, I've asked for permission I hope he don't look in any way negative so that when he comes would you like to hear the voice of his wife yeah. I don't even know what to call her can you imagine? <laughs> but I'm grateful to God for the woman of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if you know someone before they made it and you used to call them their name, please, after God lifts them, even if they are your bros and you used to hit them on the, like this, please honor that which honor has been given to. She used to be my daughter. And uh, a line the one is used. <laughs> because now, can you imagine how beautiful it is that your husband is your father in the Lord? Man, his her husband is our father in the Lord. Can you imagine? So the responsibility passed on to the great man of God, and the much I could not be underline much I could not be able to do. I'm sure the great man of God has helped her to structure it. So please, would you want to hear the voice of the wife of the man of God that is coming to minister? Please, can you welcome uh, Dahlia Hansen, the woman of God? seated. Praise the Lord Church. It's just an amazing thing to be here. When when I saw him this morning, I almost cried because I remember him seeing me beaten, you know, suffering, downtrodden, rejected. And I remember he's the one that showed me and revealed to me the love of God for me, right? Your bishop taught me deep things about God. 
And I remember sitting with him in church, who bring a chair up, remember those plastic chairs, who sit across each other. And he convicted me of my sins. That's the first thing. And then he told me, after this, now I want your life transformed. And little by little, I learned from him. I remember it's because encountering Christ through him made me don't want to leave him alone. I always looked for him in church every time I was there. And when he was not there, I would be so down because... He reflected Christ to me. It's like it was being with Christ. You understand what I'm saying? So with him leading me and teaching me these things, I remember by the second month I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. It's because I listened, I learned, and my mind was renewed. And that encounter changed my life. I remember waking up in the morning to call him. I didn't even have airtime. I had to go, remember? And I would call him and I said, I have met him. I have seen him. And he has spoken to me. And he told me, well, I told you because you know the ministry and the plan that God has for you. At that time, my father was dying. He did see that my dad was going to die, but he didn't tell me then. So when my dad died, he came to the wake and I remember that's when he spoke to me because I received him in our home and he said I know you've lost your father but God has something for you and he said a few years from now you're going to meet a man this man will be your husband this man is based in America he's a man of God and he's a righteous man and he said that man is your husband And he said, that is what God is giving to you now in your loss. Years passed. I remember there were so many people. There are times when I would call him and I'm crying because life was too hard. Sometimes I would meet him. There's some hotels in town and he would encourage me. Because I'm telling you the truth. If it wasn't for him, I would have committed suicide because of the deep suffering I was going through. So he was my support system for many years. He encouraged me. He loved on me. It's very important when a man of God loves on you because you know at least you feel you're cared for. You know what I mean? Yes? Amen? To be cared for. And that's what God wants when a man of God cares for his people. He shows you that fatherly love. And then with time, what he said came to pass. And then I remember calling him, being married. And then he said, there's another thing coming. You're going to have a son. And he said, this child that God is going to give you has a calling of God in his life. And when I gave birth, it was a boy. Amen. Even through that still, and Jesus kept revealing himself to me about what he wants to do in my life. But nowadays he has changed. It's not about me anymore. It's about the church. I'll tell you one vision and go sit down in this vision. I was taken out of my body and I was taken to a church and I sat down behind the pews There was no one there. They were all empty. All the chairs were empty. And suddenly as I stood there, I started seeing the feet. They looked like brass feet, polished. And I could see the feet approaching. And he was bare feet, but the feet were like polished brass. And the feet just kept coming. And when he kept coming, I could see the vision lifting all the way up to here. I saw the golden sash on the waistline. 
and he kept coming and he kept coming and he came all the way behind the pulpit up to here and then this was skipped and I saw a crown and I asked what is this remember the verse that says when I return will I find faith that is the verse that came into mind as I stood upon the glory of Christ and then days later I was taken out of my body again and I was taken up into the mountains and then up to the mountains there stood someone beside me but I couldn't stand so what happened I saw a large bird it was white but it was so huge I can't even describe it the way it was so big it came and entered through my body and I remember my body almost shook I was like I felt I was dying I was trying to call out to my husband but he couldn't hear me and then I was able to turn and see the man that was standing next to me and he held a scepter and he started going like this and then events just started passing just started passing and then finally he took the scepter and he hit the ground and he said the judgment of God so this is it God has called me to speak about the second coming of him coming back to the bride to get his bride and also about waking up the church and reviving the church and mostly to the brokenhearted those who are downtrodden to remind them of the love of Christ for them but also I can say for sure the waiting for this took a lot the waiting process is very painful it's very painful but i appreciate that i was able to endure and learn and grow bishop i am very grateful so what you're looking at is looking at your work <laughs> the prayers the time you took just to sit down with me and encourage me you delivered me from suicide and it's a long story but this is your work so your children can now see and i hope they listen and they learn how to wait on god and the process it's painful yes but at the end of the day it's glorious amen amen all right that's all thank you hallelujah the man of god that is about to come here that's his wife and the great man of god that assist him and preaches to the ministry is resided in the US do you know me do you see people here answer me you know maybe i would have told them and maybe it would have sounded as if it's a cliche do you easily see people here you all know why so if this gentleman is here his heart is right he is older than some of our fathers right like some of us he can give birth to the one that gave birth to you to the glory of god so it is needful and wise for us to listen to wise counsel hallelujah so he's a great man of god their ministry resides in the us at the same time you've heard they have impact in many nations they in kenya zambia they have impact global impact and so i felt it was wise that we come and hearken he moves a lot in the apostolic and the prophetic ministry at the same time they're going to move out and then i'll sit down give honor to who is honor is due as he comes and ministers to us hallelujah have you accepted the ministration of dr hansen yes. blessed be the name of the lord hansen as he's taken to please let's celebrate him let's celebrate him
Praise the Lord. Can you say Puanas if you You may be seated. You know, it's an honor, as already one of my assistants, Dr. Mike Kyoto, has said, and then my, my wife. So I appreciate this church. I feel like I already know it because of what God has already shown me about your bishop. I turned down five other invitations, churches, because I wanted to be here today with him. We had a chance to talk before the service and everything I felt in my heart before I came, what God showed me. I knew he had an impact in my life as far as through my wife. She had told me many good things like she testified here. But just because she told me something did not cause me to come here. It's because what I discerned. Amen. What I discerned. And I'll tell you, this is only the beginning. Listen to me carefully. This is only the beginning. Great things lie ahead. The only thing that will ever hinder or stop a man or woman of God is their vanity and their arrogance. God resists the proud. But if we can constantly make sure we give God all the glory, and if you're a man of righteousness... There is no end to what God will do. And this nation needs men of righteousness. Can you say amen? amen? This nation needs men of righteousness. And that's why I'm here. I look forward to knowing him for many years and seeing what God is going to do to use him. I've already shared with him though. I didn't tell him anything I saw but there's even other nations. So be excited for that. Amen? Amen. Loyalty is critical. The relationship, the foundation. I have many people that have with me. A core group of men and women that have been with me 25, 26 years. He's just one of them. God called them. They've been foundation pieces. Some are right now in America representing me. If God has called you, you be loyal. Be loyal. I know some people that have left. It wasn't their time. I warned them. Right now, God would abuse them mightily around the world. Instead, they're back in their secular job. They listen to the wrong voices. Wives are critical. But I'm thinking of somebody who listened to his wife. And he should have encouraged her, no, honey. That's not what God is saying. She caused him to make a wrong decision. And he's totally out of the ministry. Now, I believe you're a good wife. That won't happen to Bishop. But I'm just telling you, we've got to listen to God. Amen? We have got to listen to God. I work with leadership. I work myself with the government of nations, the parliaments, church leadership, apostles, prophets, bishops. Leadership is responsible for the blessing or deterioration of a nation. If you have righteous leaders, the people prosper. 
If you have evil leaders, the people suffer. Are we together? If we have righteous leaders, the people prosper. If we have evil leaders, the people suffer. The most important part of any building is the foundation. If the foundation is inferior, then the entire building will not last. It will crumble. Foundation is the base, the starting point of something. It holds all things in place. David asked a question in Psalm 11.3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? For example, the family has been the bedrock of civilization since the creation and everything of value sits on that. The family. Our institutions, our government, our way of life. Everything rests on the foundation. It was established by God in Genesis 2.24 and Genesis 3.16-20. But now... That foundation is in jeopardy. Forces are at work to undermine it, causing it to crack and crumble. All over the world, they're attacking the foundation. They're attacking God, nullifying the word of God, taking God out of the country, attacking the family, pushing alternate lifestyles, homosexuality, LGBT, abortion. The United Nations is against Judeo-Christian values and the old foundation they want a new foundation alternate lifestyle lgbtq abortion they're spreading their immorality all through the world it's made of islamics and communists the majority don't know the real god they don't have our values in the united nations in the religious sector it says the debate, what if you believe in only one God? They said, then you're not authentically human. And is it wrong to kill someone who is not authentically human? Are you hearing me? We are in what the Bible describes as the last days. Jesus said, will I find faith? Only 12% of youth pastors, the last survey in America, had a biblical worldview. Well, what view do they hold? I know the church in America is falling apart. They're backing alternate lifestyles. If the foundation is cracked, Judeo-Christian values, more Christians right now are dying around the world than all the generations combined. Right now, I go to the nations. I meet with the governments. Governments in genocide. The church is under attack right now in America. If you know anything about it, it's a communist takeover. It's a coup. The church has to rise up. Romans 13, all power is under a higher power. What's that higher power? That higher power is not government. That higher power is God. Can you say amen? That higher power is God. If we're going to save our nation, he's got to have ambassadors, men and women of God, that are willing to share the truth at all levels with humility but honesty. Humility, honesty. 
I see that in your bishop. I flew in years ago. If you remember, Rwanda killed 1.3 million people, genocide. Burundi over the years had killed over a million. There was an embargo in Bujumbura. God had given me a word both for Rwanda and Burundi. I fasted 42 days to have the courage to go into those countries and give the word. Fasting, critical, critical. I don't have to teach on that. I know you know about it. Your bishop believes in fasting. He's taught it to your church. As you fast, you deny yourself self-preservation, your pride. And you're starting to put on the righteousness, the spirit, the power of God, the boldness of God. Amen? You can do what you couldn't do before because God now is flowing through you. 42 days, only liquid. I dropped 40 pounds. But then I had the strength to fly into those countries. I had to go from Rwanda to Burundi through the public bus. Again, an embargo. I couldn't fly in. I won't touch on Rwanda unless I have time later. Because I've got a lot I want to touch on. But I do want to say this. I would have never obeyed God if it wasn't for fasting. Because they were slaughtering people. They ambushed the bus. People were screaming. Normally what they do then they come in and kill every man, woman and child. If you were the wrong tribe. Three hours later. There was still no attack. Now I know why. One, nobody can touch you unless God allows it. I could tell you so many testimonies. Angels appearing. There is no doubt in my mind angels appeared. In China, my grandmother was speaking. Caught at dark. Notorious gang of murderers and thieves surrounded her. She waited all night. They didn't kill her. Two years later, she was preaching in a field. She asked the leader, why didn't you kill me? I was alone. He said, we wanted to. We wanted to kill you. We wanted to rape you. But every time we took a step. Swords. And on the end of their sword was fire. Can you say amen? The angels of the Lord that kept round about them that fear him. I could tell you so many stories. I would if I didn't want to get into some teaching. I want you to understand exactly what's going on in Kenya and the world today. And where we're at. If you're under Issachar. Then you can be taught. You can be protected. You can be aware. You can be ready. You don't have to be a victim. But instead you can prosper. People that bring me in, many of them are And if we're going to save any nation, the church is going to do it. Don't rely on government. Many governments in many nations are like the mafia, organized crime. They manipulate the people, abuse the people. Are you with me? The church... Is what's going to save any nation. If we're going to save America, it's going to be the church. 
rising up as eagles. I'm also the president of Eagle Saving Nations. Get us back into the stadiums. Let the power of Pentecost come down so the church can go forth with power and authority instead of fear and intimidation. So they can lead a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Another great awakening. America needs another great awakening. Because America right now is falling under judgment because of our sins. Because they're taking God out of America. When I was inside the Parliament of Burundi, I told your bishop I lay hands on myself before I go in. Say, God, let me not shame your name. Let me speak the truth, only what you want me to say. Let me go out knowing that you're pleased with me. See, I believe that we never die. Yes, we can be martyred, but that's instant promotion. I can tell you stories of people coming back from the dead, what they saw. My uncle was killed in China for not compromising the gospel, a pastor. My father, his parents went through a concentration camp. All I want to do and why I believe Dr. Mike and others follow me. All I want to do is serve Jesus Christ. Whatever happens. I am a bond servant. I'm a slave of Christ. I want to be a true ambassador. I want him to say, well done. That's why they follow. As I'm sharing the word for Burundi in the parliament. This is the parliament. God starts to show me sins in the parliament. I looked at one member of the parliament. Sir, you shot a man in the head. You killed him. Sir, you took a panga. You slashed a man across the face. You killed him. This is a word of knowledge. I can't plan it. It happens. I revealed five members of parliament guilty of murder. I said, tomorrow I see your president. Then I'm moving to Rwanda to see the president of parliament in Rwanda. But God is saying tonight there's mercy and grace. Tonight. If you'll stand up and confess right here in front of the parliament. God will forgive you of murder. But if not. For each week I'm gone. One of you will die. And you'll know God sent a real prophet to your nation. Five members of parliament stood up and confessed to murder. This is all on record. President of Rwanda or Burundi at that time. I had a meeting with him the next day. He wouldn't see me. You heard what happened in the parliament. Five members of parliament, the honorable so-and-so guilty of murder. Now he should have seen me because God had mercy and grace. I was going to talk to him privately over his sins. Instead, he did not see me. He was chased from office, just like the prophecy said, if you don't repent. A new president came in. He heard about me. He brought me back and I spent four days in Burundi again. Only this time with the invitation of that president. I spent four days with him, the vice president, and his cabinet. And then he said, I want you to come back and hold a major crusade meeting in Bujumbura and lead my nation to Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Yeah, I know when the anointing lifts, you can be afraid. I had an entourage with me, people that got me into the parliament. You know, when I was speaking, some of them crawled under the table. One minister, uh, Bishop, he left. I caught up with him in Rwanda. I said, where'd you go? I thought they were going to kill you. 
Well, so did I. I was, you know, the anointing lifts. I stayed up all night praying and interceding. I wish your bishop was with me. He's a pretty good prayer warrior. I used all the prayer I could take because I had to encourage myself in tongues. But I got out, got out alive and uh, gave the word in the parliament of Rwanda. I'll give another testimony that I want to get into some teaching. I have a lot of respect for your bishop, your pastor, because of what God has shown me. Because I could be a lot of other places right now. But God wants to use him. There's a lot of compromise in Kenya. God wants a righteous man. Are we together? Righteousness exalts a nation. He wants a righteous man. I was in a Uganda. One of the archbishops of a major denomination over there. I was sitting in his executive committee with all of his other bishops. The Spirit of God came upon me and I said, Mr. Chair, I'm talking to the archbishop. Sir, you're guilty of adultery. You're guilty of theft. He misappropriated $15,000 to build church property. Ate it. I said, unless you confess right now in front of all of your bishops, Sir Spirit said is going to grip you. You're going to kill yourself. He pulled out three bottles of poison. He said, if you did not come to this meeting right now, when it was over, I was going to drink this poison and kill myself because I can't stand the torment of the demons anymore. You know, this is not isolated. The top leader of a major denomination. He admitted, confessed of having relationships, adultery with two prostitutes in Kampala. The church has compromised The church sometimes have used their position, some of these people, for personal gain. Instead of having a heart for the people of God that are willing to die for them and having compassion, they twist the word of God and fleece them, rape them spiritually, abuse them, and God is not happy. Some of them have watched too much of the TBN prosperity nonsense. Can you say amen? The twisting of the word of God out of context for personal gain. And they become like they are. Oh, he's so powerful. He's so rich. He's going to be judged. Did you hear me? He's going to be judged. I was in a large conference. I flew in. I talked prophetically what was going on. And then I normally minister for three hours. You know, minister, which other speakers did not do. I ministered. Healing, deliverance, demons fleeing. And I did that six out of seven days. Six states in a week. I was in America going from one to another to another. The plane got in late and I could not minister. One person grabbed me. Now there's a lot of people. But the convention center, I was in a convention center. You have some centers here. I said, prophet, I won't let you go unless you give me a word. See, they're used to this nonsense. You know, you're a mighty man of God and da-da-da-da. They don't, you know, they don't see the sin in you. They don't care. Oh, you're ABCD. So I said, are you sure you want the word, sir? Yes, I'm not going to let you go. Everybody's listening. I said, okay, you're sitting next to a woman. She's your wife. But you have two children by two other women. You married them. 
Immediately he let me go. He did not want no more words from God. I said, sir, God is not done with you. You get on your knees, you ask your wife to forgive you, then you ask this whole convention center to forgive you. You ask God to forgive you. And he did. He was so shocked that he met somebody that truly operated in true gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love the operation of the Holy Spirit. I I don't like the manipulation of the Holy Spirit. Are you there? I don't like it. I guarantee you God doesn't like it. Do not take God's position, his glory, his name, his gifts in vain. You are treading on dangerous ground. I've had people rise up to kill me and freeze and can't move. I had one man continue to threaten. I said, sir, God can take the breath right out of your mouth. He continued his rhetoric and fell over dead. I am telling you, nobody can touch you unless God allows it. Can you say amen? Amen. Nobody can touch you unless God allows it. I've been told so many times by key leadership and security, you should be dead. Nobody can touch you unless God allows it. The key is to constantly represent Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Kill Jesus before he his time and he gave up his life. He gave it as a gift to all of us because it took a perfect sacrifice. It took God himself to forgive and that's what he did. But he gave it. They couldn't take it. Bishop, nobody can take your life without God allowing it. Nobody. You're going to start to roar like the lions of Amos. And nobody, they can threaten all they want. I've sat in security cells. I've been threatened. I've gone to court. I'm still alive. According to Revelation 12, the government of nations is influenced by Satan through evil men. In heaven, the government of God rules and there is peace. On earth, Satan rules through evil men and Christians are at war. Do you know we're at spiritual war? We're at war must understand it. Psalm 72, 19 tells us the purpose of God through his church is to reveal his glory over all the earth. That's the purpose of God. You know, we experienced some glory today. Amen. I so much enjoyed that intercession, that prayer. We experienced some glory. Not every church experiences that. See, I do a lot of churches. Not every church experiences that glory. Not every church knows how to pray this way. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Luke 19, 13 and Matthew 5, 13. God instructs Christians to take dominion, subdue, be salt, occupy, and make disciples of the inhabitants of the earth. If Kenya... And the rest of the world is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. Christians must understand they are at war with Satan. Adam failed to understand that and cast Satan out of the garden. Eve was deceived. And they were finally driven out of the garden. The church must understand where we need to take dominion and not allow Satan to continue to ravish this nation. I'm going to read one verse. Break it down. 
First Chronicles 12.32 of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do, their chiefs 200. Okay, let's break that one verse down. Let us define First Chronicles 12.32. And of the children, meaning the congregation of Issachar, were men, members of the church, that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. So here, let's call the bishop Issachar. The children, the congregation of Issachar, of this congregation, are people that understand the times to know what Israel, what you, meaning, should do. Issachar, the meaning of the name, he will bring a reward. Men, that name, person or people. Understanding, to separate mentally, distinguish, be cunning, diligent, deal wisely, prudent. And times, fortunes, occurrences, fortunes mean success, prosperity, estates, possessions, wealth. So what are we talking about? Of the congregation of a person under an Issachar who understands the times, in other words, to separate, to distinguish, be cunning, deal wisely, prudent. So instead of becoming a victim, you can be a victor. Amen? Instead of going into tyranny and slavery, you can rise up and prosper and lead. You can know your enemy and defeat your enemy if you're under an Issachar. Come on, this is exciting. Because trouble is happening all over the world. They're trying to make a new world order, a one world government. You've got to be under a true Issachar, understanding what's going on, so you don't become victims. Oh, hallelujah. Tribulation, watch. August 2020, the plan is to destroy the old order, bring in the new world order. They're trying to create a one world government all over the world today. The Bible does say some nations will fight that new world order and not join it. We want to be a sheep nation, not a goat nation. We want to be under God. Amen? Amen. Only the church can make sure that happens if we can wake up enough of the church to save a nation. We've got to do it if we want to be free. The new world order will be nothing less than pure tyranny, communism. The new world order will have total dominion and control over over all the masses of the world. This will be done through human microchipping and vaccines. The book of Revelation, Revelation 13, they want to mark you. They want to control you. They don't want you to buy or sell. Without their approval. Take away your cash. Take away your freedom. In America, we're rising up and and trying to have the church come against this insanity. By putting in righteous leaders. person challenging Biden in the next election has promised he is totally against it. There will be no marking through a central government. That will control you. Before he died, Hollywood director... Filmmaker Aaron Russo openly discussed his relationship with Nicholas Rockefeller. According to Russo, Nicholas Rockefeller personally told him the elite's ultimate goal was to create a microchip population. The goal is to get everyone chipped to control.
I am here as God's representation, his ambassador to give warning. The church has to rise up. The church has to save the nation. Can you say amen? Amen. This stuff has been prophesied. Eschatology is clear and it's about here. If we don't rise up, you'll be a victim. before Islam was created in 610 AD, 1800 years later. They had been living in Israel, including what they called today the occupied territories. Why am I giving you that history? Judeo-Christian values. The epic center is going to be Jerusalem. Jesus is returning at Jerusalem. The battle of Armageddon. The whole focus of the world is going to be Israel and Jerusalem. Hamas. October 7, 2023, Hamas is a pure terrorist organization in their charter to kill every Jew and every Christian. In their charter. They've been offered a two-state solution five times. They turned it down. They don't want that two-state solution. They want every Jew and Christian dead. See, the news media isn't telling you the truth. You need to understand that. You understand what I'm saying? has controlled the Gaza Strip since 2006. Israel left the Gaza Strip in 2005. I'm a member of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. I was supposed to be in Jerusalem in their parliament two days ago. I did meet Thursday in the Israeli parliament and we discussed the world situation, what it needs for peace. Right here. But I'll be going from Kenya to Israel to meet in the government. Again, I'm a member of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Jewish parliamentarians and Christian leaders. Judeo-Christian values. That's what brought civilization and peace to the nations. Under God, under the Bible. The real problem is mankind. Witnessing a clash of spiritual kingdoms with Jerusalem in the bullseye. Heaven versus hell. Jesus versus Satan. Religion versus relationship with God. Jerusalem has always, throughout history, been the reason for the fighting. Whether it's the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Crusaders, the Turks, or the British. Each of them have had problems controlling Jerusalem. Only when the Jews have controlled Jerusalem has there been peace. Because God owns Jerusalem. God owns Israel. They are just caretakers. Jerusalem is a holy place to the Jews. Jerusalem is mentioned 667 times in the Old Testament. 139 times in the New Testament. For a total of 806 times in the Bible. Did you follow that? Jerusalem is not mentioned once. It's the city of God. The real plan of Hamas is to kill every Jew and every Christian on earth. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Again, offered a two-state solution five times, turned it down. They're telling lies in the media. Hamas has controlled the Gaza since 2006. Not Jerusalem. People with animal minds. Let's look a moment at a couple of scriptures. Understand again where we're at and why we're here. What's the excuse like in Rwanda where they killed 1.3 million people 
in three to six months. I went in and talked with the parliament. Again, I had to fast. I told your bishop the story. Mr. President, the majority of your parliamentarians, sir, in this chamber in Rwanda are fools. You've rejected the word of God, the laws of God, the morality of God, the compassion of God, the love of God. And in your own vanity, you created your own laws and you have slaughtered one eighth of your population. You killed 1.3 million people in less than six months. And God is saying without a national repentance, your nation is damned. Because you're only going to get coup after coup, vengeance after vengeance. You have killed one eighth of your population. I left after that meeting. I started it off with saying, you know, gave a little bit of covering. Sir, I would never say this to you, but this is what God is saying. Please take it out of God, not me. Anyway, I preached then to many thousands of people in Kigali. I went back to America two weeks later. Uh, the parliament uh, president calls me up. Uh, Reverend Hansen, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm fine, sir. What can I do for you? He said, the parliament has taken your words. They've called seven days of national repentance and in the stadium 60,000 for seven days they repented and there has been no more fighting can you say amen hallelujah hallelujah that president of parliament then after some time migrated to America and became part of President Trump's regime he gets a hold of me said do you remember me Dr. Hansen I said yes sir he said, I found our picture on Google when you came to Rwanda. I want you to write the president three to five, ask for three to five minutes. What you did in Rwanda, quote me, how you came and brought peace to Rwanda. I'll pick you up at the airport, take you to my house, take you to the president, then put you back on a plane. Now, I never thought that would happen. I never dreamed he would become an official in the United States government. All I knew was to be faithful. Amen? And see how the ripples roar. Be faithful. And you don't know where it's going to take you. Because that was a strong word. If I didn't fast 42 days, I would have never went there. Maybe I would have never given the word. I would have compromised. Once again, that was from Share the Love Center. That's in Kenya, East Africa, where I was at Bishop John C. W.'s church. His church is close to a place called Thika in Canal. We will continue next week with the second half of that service. But as you can see, listen to not only Kenya, America, all of the world is coming under this spirit of deceit, trying to put us in a one world government, the new world order, and only the church can stop it. Only the church can stop it. My website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Please, if you're listening right now, join Eagles Saving Nations. It's geared to stop this insanity. If people will rise up, the church will rise up. As the Bible says, some nations will resist this new world order. We can be a sheep nation. God can bless and prosper. If not, I'll guarantee you, tyranny was sweeping. It'll sweep America. Christians will be persecuted and some will be arrested and killed. 
millions will die. We have to have another great awakening. Worldministries.org. Worldministries.org. Join now. Shannon? Brother Hanson, this was a powerful message tonight. I'm looking forward to hearing part two. And I encourage everybody to become a supporter of World Ministries International. They've got PayPal there. Uh, Dr. Hanson, if someone wants to call the office or write, what is the number and address there? If they want to write, uh, put the check WMI. That's WMI. It goes to the ministry, not me. The address is P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. That's P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Once again, put on the check, WMI. Send it to World Ministries International. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Our phone number, 360-629-5248. 3606295248 that's 3606295248 and uh, again as you said we have paypal and uh, others uh, they can they can send us uh, their support that way too so worldministries.org Shannon Dr. Hanson, thank you for letting us be a part of this every week. I look forward to this program, and um, I encourage, again, everybody to share these programs with a friend. And uh, during the week, of course, you can listen to the warning broadcast. Go right there to worldministries.org. Are you on YouTube also, Dr. Hanson? Yes, yes. We're on uh, different television stations, channels, radio stations and channels. Um, on my website, worldministries.org, it, it tells everything we're on. Uh, we're on social media. We're on 40 Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Rumble, Roku. Uh, we're trying to be on as many platforms as we can to reach as many people as we can. I say amen to that because time uh, time is uh, moving very fast, and we're going into War on the Saints before long. I tell you what, we need to get prepared, folks, so we can endure to the end and meet Jesus. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, that we've accomplished the mission he's called us to share the gospel and set the captives free. Dr. Hanson, we love you all. And would you like to close us in prayer today? Father God, thank you for this time we've had tonight. I pray that that every person that heard this message will rise up, will rise up to God and help us Sound the alarm. Help us give the warning. Help us get into the stadiums around the world for another great awakening based on Pentecost. The power of God coming upon the people in those stadiums. People join Eagle Saving Nations. Let them join their God. This is your one of your methods to stop tyranny. Worldministries.org. We'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. Bless again, uh, Omega Man Radio, Warning Television and Radio, um, Shannon Davis, his dear family, and we at World Ministries International. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again very soon. Love you all. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. God bless you. Folks. 
That was a great program with Dr. Hanson. That was Dr. Hanson speaking, Sister Adelia Hanson, also Brother Mike Kyoto. And um, we'll get that up to the archive along with the other two shows we did tonight. And we'll be caught up going into the weekend. Uh, We've got a lot of great stuff there for you in the archives. OmegaManRadio.com, OmegaMan.Podbean.com. Help yourself. Have a great weekend out there. And look forward to seeing you again on Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity you gave us today. Let these programs go out far and wide. Bring in people to hear them from far and wide that need to hear these messages. Bless Dr. Hansen, Brother John Terrell, all those who have tuned in tonight. We thank you, Lord, for partners you've given us with this program. Bless them mightily. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood of Jesus over us all in our family. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Friends, love and appreciate you. And uh, don't forget, if you're on iTunes getting this uh, content, don't forget to leave me a five-star review. We appreciate uh, the feedback there. You can sign up for our email list, substack.com. All that's over on my website, omegamanradio.com. Love and appreciate you. Have a great weekend. In Jesus' name.